How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to this episode of Market Saints. It's been a long-awaited hiatus, but we're back. For the last podcast episode of the semester here, I'm joined here with Sean once again. Hi, Cole. Thanks for having me again, Nate. Yeah, so we've got a good episode for you guys. There's been a lot in the news. Um, unfortunately, we've been very busy as of recently. I know Sean over here has like three finals right up against each other. Yeah, in, it's been pretty rough over yeah, the last couple of days. Right within the week, damn near almost. So... We're just getting one more episode out for you guys um, because we're talking to Elon Musk. Again, I feel like he comes up every other episode, I swear, at this point. It's kind of ridiculous. But this man really does have a propensity to be frontline in the news quite consistently at this point. I, you almost got to respect it at, at this point, to be honest. Yeah, he. I mean, just his influence over everything. He just comes up in every conversation. Really. I mean, honestly, I feel like his influence is half of where his... I mean, it, I guess it's just using influence in two different ways. His influence is where half of his sphere of influence and power comes from. He makes so much money on investments just because people believe in whatever the hell he says. Like, I mean, that was that was the big thing with Bitcoin and whatnot, where you'd be like, oh, I like Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden, the price Everyone went up. just follow what he says. Yeah, the price I just went up. I saw also the other day, he was like, someone could pay like, I think it was like $200,000 or something. And he, he said this, it's like, it's not a lot of money if you're thinking about going to space or something. So I think also what he believes is is possible for like for himself obviously is not possible for everyone you know yeah two hundred thousand is uh, not the something easiest, crazy like that. not the yeah, not the easiest sum of money to drop at a dime but <laughs> we're here to talk about Twitter so I'm sure everyone listening because you guys are probably interested in this field kind of have context so I'll just breeze through really quickly um, just to give you guys some con uh, context before we talk about it so basically. By the way, other fun fact, I'm pretty sure yesterday Vanguard just bought another couple percent so that Vanguard is now the biggest shareholder. I think they bought just over 10%. Um, well, their total sum is now over 10%. Uh, it was originally just under what Elon had bought. So I think they're now the biggest shareholder again. If you want to Google that real quick, just to fact check me, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, so basically the Twitter stock, it was looking good at the end of 2021. It was uh, or not the end of 2021, the first six months or so of 2021, the price was above 60. It was all the way up to the high 70s. And then it kind of crashed coming into 2022 down into the 30s. So we saw the you know stock price literally cut in half. Now, Musk is offering 54.2, which is a 10% premium on the closing date of 46. But it wasn't always at 46. The stock was really trading around the mid 30s. Let's call it, it went from 39 to 49 the day that Musk bought 9.8 or whatever percent of the company. Again, became just the speaking to his influence. Eh? Yeah, so the, the stock price goes up from 39 to 49. That's a pretty big jump. I mean, $10 to a stock isn't that much, but when you're talking about a stock that's only worth $39, that's a pretty Percentage massive increase. Wise, yeah, yeah, it's like almost a you know 30% increase almost. So stock goes up $10 when Musk buys in. It you know steadies out because after a big event like that, the stock always you know goes down a little bit after the hype and mediates. But it was down to like 46. And then he comes in the next, what, two or three weeks after and basically says, I want to buy the whole company in cash at 54.2, uh, which is another 10% premium on whatever the, the stock price was then. Do you want to also just let like another thing worth noting is that, I don't know if you, you, you guys must have seen this, but he denied a position offered to him to join the board, yeah. which was kind of like a foregrounding. So people were a bit skeptical about what his next move was if he denied that position. 
Yeah, so many people predicted that he was going to try to buy the company when he denied the board because they offered him a board chair solely to stop him from acquiring the company because once you're on the board, you can't exceed more than like 15% ownership of the company or something like that. Yeah. So they were basically, from from what's happened now, and we'll explain it now because the Twitter has done a, they've basically uh, taken a poison pill. But I think offering elon the uh seat on the board was basically the best case scenario for them before the poison pill i think the poison pill was the backup because if elon musk said sure i'll take the board chair great he's topped out at 15 percent. we don't have to dilute our shares which we'll explain for the poison pill and everybody wins sort of i guess elon doesn't win because he he wants to acquire the company yeah i mean it's the best case scenario for that in that sort of situation i mean so do you want to explain what so Twitter recently has done a poison pill. Basically, they're trying to blackball Elon Musk. But what what is a poison pill? So essentially, I mean, just to explain it in as simple terms as possible, a poison pill is a defense mechanism taken by a certain company when you've got a sh- potential sort of shareholder, Elon Musk, or an acquirer in this case, Elon Musk, wanting to overtake a large stake in the company. Um, and all the poison pill does is it prevent someone like this from doing so and how it makes this happen is that it offers current shareholders and new shareholders if i'm not mistaken um, the opportunity to buy new shares within the company at quite a discounted price and in that effect it dilutes in this particular case elon musk's share in the company but at the same time it also dilutes current shareholders share in the company so as cole said Although it's not the ideal situation because you're effectively diluting value for both parties, in this particular situation, I think it's the best they could have done, to be honest. Yeah, and there's other types of poison pills as well. So there's other types of poison pills because the the pill doesn't have to be enacted for a complete takeover. Like you said, Sean, it could be a majority stake. And a majority yeah. stake could be, you know... Well, what? over 15%. Because yeah. the, if you're a board member... You can't go above 15%. So, so anyone coming in. Yeah, so that. this happened actually, funny enough, in Papa John's Pizza. Um, I forget the guy's name. John, his last name started with an S. But he owned, him and his investment group owned like 30% of Papa John's. And in order to stop him from buying more, the board enacted a different type of poison pill where basically it made the stock, if he wanted to buy above 30%, more expensive compound as he had. So he would have had to basically overpay to continue so yeah basically that's the point of the poison pill it's not to make it impossible could elon musk fight through the poison pill and just pay a crap ton over to you know plus the diluted shares yes but it's not it's supposed to make the attractive less in uh the investment less attractive but honestly it hurts the investors as well because they're not just diluting elon shares they're diluting the company shares so these investors if you're on the board they're going to have to buy more of these diluted shares just to break even at what they were before so it's not a win-win like this is it's it's synonymous like a poison pill right it comes from you know agents in the cold war and whatnot that would take pills before talking you're hurting yourself to benefit the entire broad you know movement i suppose in this Mm -hmm. case it's facebook so what was I, I, I the one thing that I really want to judge is forget Twitter taking or not taking the deal. What do you think is so attractive about Twitter? Because as far as social media companies go, I mean, tell me their revenue as well. Like they're they're not 
extremely attractive yeah i mean acquisition i'll get into the revenue later but when i've been reading online in the past couple of days just to find out because i'm also interested to know in terms of the current companies that elon musk is involved in i'm i can't really see the relation how twitter is going to help him sort of expand in that particular field um, but one thing that does pop up a lot when you google is that he's a huge advocate of free speech and obviously, I mean, given all the Trump scandals of last year with Twitter banning him for saying what are de- like inappropriate comments and stuff. Um, I think if he's a huge free speech proponent, he might be buying it for that particular reason. Um, and then also we were looking at sort of the revenue differences between Facebook, well, Meta in this case, and Twitter. And for Meta as a whole, it's 118 billion. And then Cole was saying Instagram makes up 26 billion of this and WhatsApp 5 to 6 billion. So if you minus, what's that, 120 minus by about 30, you get to about 90 billion. And it's only 5 billion for Twitter. Obviously, the difference can predominantly be explained by the difference in the number of daily users. But what, what we still can't work out is Facebook was founded in 2004 and Twitter in 2006. This whole idea of the internet becoming the next big thing was still in the early stages. And I'm trying to work out how did Facebook get so far ahead? And maybe does does Elon Musk see something similar coming for Twitter? Maybe just um, delayed? Yeah, no, absolutely. So funny enough, um, I, I honestly just can't understand. So we did, we did a breakdown, right, of the revenue, just like Sean said. And it would be unfair to compare Twitter, uh, Twitter to I just combined Meta and Twitter in the same word. Uh, <laughs> it would be unfair to compare Twitter to Meta because Meta is not just one social media, right? It's a couple of the biggest in the world. Yeah. So even if you subtracted that, right, and a majority of Meta's investment still is WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram. Granted, they have a couple other like Oculus and whatnot, which could be a huge player down the line, but not currently, at least in comparison. So. You have companies like uh, Instagram was twenty six billion, and Twitter's got about two hundred seventeen million daily users. Instagram has five hundred million daily users. Facebook has one point six two billion daily users. Now, all right, it could be again not fair to compare Twitter to Facebook now on daily usage, right? They're they're you're not going to have the same revenue when one company's got seven and a half times more daily users than the other, right? That's a fair assumption to make. Okay, cool. So let's prepare them proportionality-wise. So how much money you're making per daily user in revenue, right? In order for Twitter to be on par with Facebook, just the company Facebook, not Meta, just simply Facebook, which is grossing about like 80 to $85 billion, they would still need to have $11.5 billion in revenue, and they have five in order to be proportional with Facebook. And then I did the same calculation with Instagram. Instagram is two and a half, give or take, 2.3 more daily users, times more daily users. They'd need $11.3 billion to be proportional to Instagram. So 11.5 for Facebook, 11.3 for Instagram, and they're at five. So if they were around that ballpark, if they were maybe 10, you know, that's kind of like, understandable where if they could up their daily usage they would be able to have the same turnover and revenue but they're still having like 50 percent less less more than 50 percent less what they could be making in comparison to and maybe Facebook. maybe elon is spotting that gap you know 
I'm not and sure. I, I honestly wonder what he, what it is that he sees because what I think is, first of all, billionaires are a hated species to start. People don't like billionaires. Very Regard- touchy subject. <laughs> yeah, regardless of who you are as a person, whether you're Bill Gates, you know, Buffett, or you're, yeah, regardless of who you are, people really have a propensity not to like you because there's a lot of people that fundamentally believe that you shouldn't be able to have that much money. But we live in a capitalist society where feats like that are possible. So Elon Musk buying Twitter, while I think that might bring a lot of users because people, Elon Musk is a cult following again. I'd say mostly in the younger male audience where people are going to be like, this is so awesome, free speech. You know, they just, it, it's like they're watching their idol, like, you know, kick butts of all the bad guys, like buying Twitter. and whatever. Yeah, I think like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that, that's what it is in their head. But at the same time, I think Twitter might lose a lot of users as well from people that are protesting. I mean, we're in a against very... these like single billionaires. Just over yeah. I mean, what do you think of it? Like I've talked to people of all sides of the political spectrum. So both conservatives and uh, liberals who have had surprisingly mixed feelings like against you would think, uh, you know, a conservative would be more apt to agree with it and a liberal would be more skeptical of it. But that hasn't always been the case. I've talked to liberal friends who are all for it, and I've talked to conservative friends that are quite skeptical of it. So what do you think just about the concept of a singular man being able to have so much power? Well, I think in this day and age, I mean, if he's worked that hard to get there, um, I definitely am all for him. I mean, the stuff that this man is doing is completely unimaginable. I mean, making space travel sort of like a commercial event and then bringing out um, like a market dominating electric car company i mean he really he he thinks differently to the majority of the population and that's why he is where he is today um and i definitely i mean i i don't see anything wrong with it provided he's not doing anything that would be considered skeptical um if he's you know he doesn't need to just because he's made this much money it shouldn't be a sort of a must from society that he needs to donate x amount of his money to go and i don't know sort out certain problems like he's and it's it's important to also remember with someone like elon musk he's made various claims about donating huge amounts of money if he could end world hunger and stuff so it's not like he doesn't think about that um and yeah i i think just a hugely successful guy in what he does and a really really a different and unique thinker to the majority. Yeah, the thing you also got to take into consideration is how many people or how many of those charitable donations to end world hunger are really just massive tax write-offs, which is uh, yeah, true. Always something that I mean, still for a good cause, I guess, but most probably it shows that the that he he does have the idea in mind, even though he is trying to get around tax, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, obviously that's unverified, so I'm not entirely sure, but I can assume that maybe something like that could have been spoken about. But yeah, overall, um, I think I kind of, I think I'm kind of cool with the idea of him owning it. Um, And the reason that I think that is because we live in an era today where people hold public figures accountable. So as long as, to at least public knowledge, Elon Musk, assuming in this hypothetical, he owns Twitter now, we're able to run the company fairly smoothly there wasn't any privacy scandals like facebook where they're stealing your information he wasn't being 
super biased towards one political party over another. He wasn't like, as long as Twitter stayed as an objective, you know, an objectively unbiased, and I would say Twitter right now is not an objectively unbiased platform. I'd say Twitter is very biased platform. But as long as it stayed as a neutral platform, I think that really what's the difference between one person owning it and 50 people owning it besides the fact that there's more voices in the room? Yeah. I mean, another thing that I think we must maybe just shift slightly towards is like, if you were a board member, we were touching upon this sometime earlier. um, Would you, I don't know, would you be in favor of this since he's paying such a premium, you know? So it, it really has, it really depends because as I said before, and it was very uncharacteristic of the stock to be fair, the price was up like 79 at its peak in 2022 is dancing between 50 and 79. And so if they have any hope or, you know, forecasts that it's going to return to that kind of number, I can see why maybe they're going to say, no, you know, if you're on the Twitter board, you're already super rich. So you're like, I can just continue to hold on to this. And I think that it'll increase two times in the next 10 years and then I'll cash out when I'm 60. I don't know, like whatever. Or, you know, it kind of is a very attractive offer at the same time because Twitter's been kind of plateauing. Again, their revenue's not great, especially when compared to their direct um, competitors. Like competitors. we touched on earlier, yeah. And, you know, t- TikTok is also way outperforming them. I mean, I don't even want to see TikTok's daily users. It's probably <laughs> more than 1.6 billion people. And quite frankly, yeah, I, I think it is an attractive, it's a cash offer. And it's it's hard to liquidate all your shares as a board member. You have to like notify the board, like it's like a public, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you can just discreetly sell and all your shares. And here comes this prime opportunity to do that, so. Yeah, it's not, it, they're, they're literally just taking all your shares for you right at face value, 54.2. And that's a premium on whatever it is. So yeah, I mean, it honestly depends. It depends what their buy-in was. I don't know what they bought in. I'm assuming they probably bought in way cheap a long time ago if they're yeah. on the board of Twitter. So I'm assuming like, nobody came in and was like yeah i'm gonna buy you know five percent of twitter at 79 dollars. i'm assuming that definitely didn't happen but yeah maybe it's a long-term play maybe it's a pride thing maybe they they don't like the idea of somebody waltzing in and basically flipping them the bird when they when they try to put them on the board and then just saying actually i just want to buy all the whole of your because i mean yeah. it, it'd be honestly foolish not to take into account if you're that rich a lot of those guys are very prideful because you know you got a couple billion dollars in the bank you know you're a big guy on campus you you know you've sold some massive investment in your life whether you owned a company or owned a big stake whether you're you know just made money from the stock market real estate you're mr big pants and then basically the big pants of the world (laughs) comes along and says no no not in this context yeah he basically alphas the entire board (laughs) and is like nah i'm just gonna buy all of you and still that's only what 30 percent of it's my quite network. humiliating actually yeah and it's still like not it's like it was like 20 percent, 15 percent of his net worth maybe it was 13 percent. i was like and he just <laughs> he just buys all of your shares and yeah. like that, i don't know so it could be a, a place of pride as well like it honestly wouldn't shock me if people were putting their feet in the sand just out of their own hubris rather than looking at the investment itself and I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of where Elon could make money. I feel like Elon would make money just because it's Elon Musk. And honestly, he's built up the self-image where if it was like an unnamed billionaire, I feel like it wouldn't be the same. Um, but I guess, and I don't really know all the legalities around this. You know, 
from what I've read, he wants to take it private, right? You know, he'll take it private for a couple of years. And then what does he do? He comes out with an IPO and then he's, I don't know if you can, but if he can, he liquidates all of his shares at the IPO and makes a buttload of money because like, I remember this is a random company, but Rivian, right? The electric car company, yeah. their IPO was like 78 bucks. It was at like 178 in the first day. Yeah. So if you just liquidate all your shares at that massive one bup, and now, now it's all the way back down to like 100 or whatever it is now, but IPOs always go crazy because there's yeah. so much hype around it. Yeah. So like, do you think that that would be his mode of plan? Or do you really think that, you know, where else can Elon really make money in Twitter, you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going back to his free speech platform. I think he's going to use it to exert more influence over the world population. And maybe also since Twitter is so big in terms of generating revenue from advertising to get more of, more of his products out there as he expands into more and more divisions. Um, but yeah, that is interesting to think about whether he's just going to wait wait a bit, hype himself up a bit more, get more people on his side, IPO it, and then immediately sell out of it and make a lot of cash. Yeah, because when it comes to, you know, Twitter as a platform, actual usability, because we have to take that into account because they're, you know, not getting as many users as Instagram and the other and the other for uh, Facebook for a reason. And I honestly think it's because Twitter is a harder platform to use, in my opinion, as an average person uh, and I say that because Twitter looks really fun if you're super famous and you have a big following right because if you have a big following people are listening and reading what you're saying because how Twitter works is if you tweet something nobody that doesn't follow you will see your tweet and how people see your tweets is by other people retweeting it so you'll see a mutual follower retweet something and you'll be like oh that's funny I'm gonna follow that guy and then you'll start seeing their stuff and, you know, there's explore pages and whatnot, but that's basically how it works. So somebody like Elon Musk, who I think is the fifth most followed person on Twitter around there. He's got like 80, 80 and some change billion followers or million followers. Not, not, not. <laughs> I was about followers. to say, since when did the world population grow that? Big? He bought a bunch of bots. Yeah, no. <laughs> so it's like 80, 80 and some change million followers. He gets a lot of engagement on all of his posts, but as a normal person, really not many people see what you have to say, and it's not like a very fun platform to randomly say things to nobody. You know what I mean? Or like tens of people rather than like tens of thousands of people yeah. where you're getting more engagement, you're getting heated conversations and the replies and whatnot. So it's it's kind of getting overtaken where Instagram is more of a like, artsy showing off to people that you know kind of platform um and then facebook facebook is much more multifaceted because you have so many groups of like information like for all our saint andrews groups like somebody is hosting a birthday party even on on uh they're hosting a birthday party they make a facebook event they invite everyone yeah. and they can rsvp through facebook i just feel like it's more multifaceted There's, yeah they have messenger so I mean, Facebook basically has WhatsApp built into Facebook. Exactly. And then they just yeah. also have WhatsApp. Crazy. Jeez. So even then, like, Instagram's done the same thing. You can call, like, FaceTime and, and you audio got Messenger call as somebody well. on that. I don't know if you can do that on Twitter. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm I don't sure. use Twitter. I also don't use Twitter. So, so I use Instagram, and I guess I technically, I use Instagram every day, and I guess I technically use Facebook 
not every day, not at all. But I use Facebook more for its utility rather than for entertainment. I don't like scroll through Facebook. Yeah. But I use it for events and stuff like because that. Because it's what everybody uses. And yeah. I think it's more of a UK thing. People in the US did not use Facebook. Yeah, same not. as me. I mean, also what's huge on Facebook is reselling of tickets. So like Cole said, on all these groups, you'll just get like the day before an event, people can't go and they'll just resell their ticket on Facebook. And so they also have Facebook Marketplace. Which is exactly, like an actual, yeah. it's like Craigslist well, like secondhand stuff, or eBay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but on Facebook. So Facebook is made. What an, don't they have really? Yeah, they've made an all-encompassing platform. And even through all of this, Facebook still makes all their money from marketing as well. It's like what, like 97, 98% from advertising? Advertising, yeah. Okay. So does Twitter. So they're just doing it better, obviously. Even yeah. proportionally, they're doing it better. Well, I mean, maybe, and we, we keep going back to this, but maybe given Elon's influence over the world currently he's gonna try he's seen where a company like this which is huge on in terms of generating revenue from advertising can go so maybe he's not gonna he's not gonna ipo it and then immediately liquidate his shares maybe he actually sees a future and who knows maybe twitter's gonna overtake facebook at some point under his influence that's provided this poison pull kind of yeah like disintegrates i think that would be a scummy move too to completely liquidate upon ipo yeah so maybe he liquidates 50 percent or 49 percent. so he's still the majority, majority shareholder yeah. at 51 and he'll make a big profit on the 49 percent in comparison but uh yeah i guess we'd be interested to see um honestly if anything really interesting happens towards the summer maybe i mean i feel like this has to come to conclusion in the next couple of weeks but yeah Beyond just this, if anything big happens, um, I guess I'll try to get be... Sean on the phone over <laughs> over Zoom or something. Yeah. I have I have a microphone that I can record on, and I got some software on my computer where we, I'm sure I could figure it out. I've done an interview or two on there before, so I'm sure that I'll be getting some episodes to you guys periodically over the summer. I've been kind of aiming instead of going for like a weekly podcast, I'm kind of waiting until there's something really pressing and prevalent to talk about because it just feels much more natural. Yeah. And I don't want to have to force down information just for the sake of talking about it. I'd rather wait until, you know, really interesting things and conversations come up kind of naturally. Kind of like this Elon Musk Twitter scandal. Like this is a very interesting not only monetary thing to talk about with like, you know, is it a good investment as a Twitter board? Is it not? But also the ethical side behind it of should one man be able to own one of the world's biggest informational and you know like i mean just used platforms in the world yeah yeah i think definitely cool i mean i think that was a good last episode to touch on um and yeah if we get a team's call or something over the break but like like you said we really do need to just wait for something to happen and who knows maybe this will happen quicker than we anticipate and this will be our next conversation so i'm definitely looking forward to that great well thank you guys for listening i hope that if you're a saint andrew student your finals go swimmingly and uh, other than that i'll see you guys in the next episode peace out